Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14. That's all I want. I want verse 14. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. New Living Translation of God's Word. You'll hear it this way. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I want to read that again. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I want to talk very briefly, not going to hold you long today, from the subject, God's message to a sleeping generation. God's message to a sleeping generation. My brothers and sisters, practically everybody on this yard is familiar with church. Looking out amongst you, recognizing many of your cars, you are either familiar or affiliated with this church or some church. And even if you may not be as familiar with church as I am or some others are, you have at some point in time been around the Lord's house. And I want to suggest today that with all that we're living in and all that we're under, there's a dark cloud over the Lord's house. The other day I was on social media and I ran across a painting that I'm going to do my best to try to find. It's a painting of President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama sitting in a windowsill overlooking the White House and the White House has a dark black cloud over it with thunder and lightning happening all around. And the painting depicts President Obama and his wife looking over where they formerly lived and witnessing the darkness that has now overshadowed 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And I want to submit today that that's not the only house that's dark. The church house is dark. You know it's dark when folk don't want to lift their hands in worship. You know it's dark in the Lord's house when folk have failed to realize that God was the one that woke them up this morning. You know it's dark, Ebenezer, when you fail to remember that God is the one that has carried you from decade to decade. And now that a little calamity has come, a little trial has come, you now want to be a faithless generation. And my brothers and sisters, Paul writes this letter to the church at Philippi to help them understand that light makes everything visible. 
Look at the text if you don't believe me. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14 says, For the light makes everything visible. This is why it says, Wake up, sleeper. But I want to go back to the first part of verse 14 because there is where we need to stay today. Look at it again. For the light makes everything. Now, you got to understand the wording of the scripture. When, when, when Paul used the word everything, he wasn't talking about some things and not other things. He was talking about the giver and the non-giver. He was talking about those who love the Lord and those who do not. He was talking about the choir and the usher boat. He was talking about the pastor and the minister. When Paul said, for light makes everything visible. In other words, whatever's dark in your life, the light of God can make it visible. The light of Jesus Christ can shine on whatever you're dealing with and help you see better. And I want to park there momentarily and suggest that that's what's wrong in the black church. We got some blind people in church. That's what's wrong in America. That's why we're still protesting. That's why we're still going to rallies. That's why we're still standing up for what's right because there are some blind people living in the world. You got to be blind when you can't see that my skin color ought not determine where and how far I go. You got to be blind when you can't see that if you don't give God some of your time, some of your money, and some of your talent, you're not going to be what God created you to be. You got to be blind when you can't understand that the Lord is still able to carry you through. And so, before we go another further, you got to understand, beloved, that sometimes in life, dark clouds will come. I've had my share of dark clouds. Had my share of dark clouds as a pastor, as a son, as a father. Had my share of dark clouds. But every time I called on God, I wish I was in the sanctuary because somebody could shout right there. God shined his light on the darkness and allowed me to see exactly what I needed to see. And here's the problem. Here's the problem as I hasten along, shift these gears. Here's the problem, Charles. The problem is sometimes we're not ready to see the light that God has shot. Or let me say it this way. Sometimes we're not ready to see what God has shined the light on. All right, Palmer, you, 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 you saying that, but I don't understand. You know, you know what kind of child you have. If you ever given birth to a child, you know that there's a difference between your son and your daughter. It's a difference between your firstborn and your thirdborn. It's a, it's a, it's a difference between the baby of the group and, and the oldest of the group. And, and so in your mind, it ought not come as no shock 
when God shines some light on some stuff as it relates to your children because you raised them, you birthed them, you, you ought to know them. So when God shines the light on whatever's right or wrong, it ought just bring confirmation. Now, Jack, I wish I was in Bible study because that's a good Bible study part because what we got to understand is when God shines light on whatever's going on and makes things visible, that is a confirmational moment because what happens then is now I can see clearly. I don't believe nobody praying with me. Now, now I can see because yesterday I was blind and I could not see. But now that I've asked God to shine light on my situation and now that he's made it visible, I can see. And that's a good word for somebody today that's going through something. That's a good word for somebody that's catching hell. In your home, catching hell on your job, catching hell in the church, catching hell in the community. That's a good word for somebody that's going through a dark moment. If God shines the light on it, he'll make it visible. And when you can see it, work Palmer, you can work around it. When you can see it, you can navigate through it. When you can see it, you can handle it. When you can see it, you can deal with it. That's the problem. That's why some of y'all ain't never been able to deal with nothing because it's never been revealed to you. That's why, that's why we still got a lot of ignorant people in church and ignorant people in our community. And that's why it's hard sometimes to get them to understand because they've never allowed God's light to shine and illuminate that which they've been blinded to. Look what the text says. The text says, for the light makes everything visible. And then Paul gives us another example to confirm verse 14. Dominique Q, y'all better come on. I'm almost done. This is why it says, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will give you light now I need you to understand this here I need you to understand that you cannot see I'm going to teach you something you never knew you cannot see while you're asleep I'm going to say it again. Somebody missed that. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it clear. You cannot see. Lord just said this to me. You cannot see while you sleep. Now, before you people, before the people uh, that are very uh, intellectual try to argue that I can see in my dreams. I ain't talking about dreams. I'm talking about me seeing Stephanie's gray Tahoe while I'm asleep. I'm talking about me seeing Kim's black viper while I sleep. I, I, I'm talking about me seeing Ruth's brown Volvo, preach boy, while I'm asleep. I can't see a brown Volvo while I'm asleep because my eyes are closed. 
is to be our problem. White people ain't our problem. White supremacy is not our problem. Putting crazy stuff on Facebook and burning down buildings and, and laying out folk in political arenas is not our problem. Our problem is we've been blind too long. We've been blind to the fact that we serve a God that can resurrect us. We've been blind to the fact that if we go in prayer and be sincere about prayer, God would heal the land. We've been blind to the fact that we sit in church 52 Sundays a year and every time a storm comes, we want to fuss and cuss, but we never want to pray. I want to make this known because some pastors have seemingly a problem with rallies, a problem with protests. I ain't got a problem. I got a problem with my feet being able to walk them many miles. I ain't got a problem with the protests or the rally. But what I do have a problem with is when we going to rally and just pray. When, when we gonna gather at the courthouse and do as King and them did and get on one knee and ask God to heal the land, when are we gonna take this rioting and turn this rioting into a righteous revolution? When are we gonna take what God has given us and use it to him for him to get the glory? God ain't getting no glory out of this hell that we're raising, but God will get the glory when we let him shine the light on that which needs to be made visible. The problem in a lot of our churches, our predecessors, Davion, who are now buried in the cemetery, were blind when they chose certain leaders. They were blind when they hired certain musicians. Yeah, I'm going there today. They were, they were blind when they led the church through the various things that they've led them through because I wonder even in my own pastorate. Been here 18 years, 44 years old, done messed around, got gray, don't really feel like doing a whole lot no more like I used to. So I bring in younger people to do what I don't feel like doing. And I sometimes question myself. And I say self. And self says, huh? Have I lifted this church enough in prayer? Y'all not praying with me. Sometimes I ask myself, have, have I taken the vision that I feel God has given me to God in prayer and have I bathed it in prayer long enough before I present it to you sometimes I ask myself have I asked God to shine the light on some stuff I'm going to tell you something that I was waiting to say when I got back inside but I thank God 
And I don't mean no harm to nobody that's been sick by COVID-19. I don't mean no harm. Pat, what I'm getting ready to say, I'm glad the Lord healed you. I'm glad that I can lay eyes on you over there and not have to lay eyes on you out there. But COVID-19, if we use it right, will be a blessing to the body of Christ and not a curse. Because I'm going to tell you that I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to tell you what COVID has done. COVID-19 has brought us out of our comfort zone. COVID-19 has put churches feeding the hungry that wouldn't normally feed the hungry. Y'all not praying with me. COVID-19 has pushed us into a realm of thinking that we no longer desire to be a mediocre ministry. But we choose to be five star. And so whatever we got to do to be five star, we've chosen through COVID to help us get there. Now, here's the thing, and I'm done. Here's the thing. You can't do ministry while you sleep. You can't take care of the Lord's house while you sleep. Preach, boy, you cannot serve God in, in a manner that the Bible declares while you sleep. And for too long, we've had sleeping preachers. For too long, we've had sleeping diggings. For too long, we've had sleeping trustees. For too long, we've had sleeping choir members. What do you mean, Palmer? You picking, you meddling? No, I'm not talking about nobody in particular. What I'm talking about is us. As a ministry, us as a church, waking up out of our sleep, realizing that for Christ we'll live or for Christ we'll die. What I'm talking about ain't meddling with nobody. What I'm talking about is for us to understand that not only is the Lord still our shepherd, but he got what we want. What I'm talking about ain't got nothing to do with meddling about nobody. What I'm talking about is we got to wake up and understand that if Christ be for us, come on Bible readers, he's more That's what I want to tell Clarence, Quintavion, and all of these young millennials that are now leading us through this movement. You can't lead us sleep. I'm going to meddle now. I am going to meddle now. You, you can't lead us high. You, you, can't, you can't rally for us and say black lives matter and show them that, that you're going to lead us and you just got through smoking. Be because it's more to a rally than me marching. It's, it's more to a rally, Sister Lord, than, we, than me holding up a Black Lives Matter sign. Well, Palmer, how you feel since you shed light on everything? How you feel about all lives matter? Yeah, I think all lives matter, but all lives can't matter. 
until my life matters. Yeah, that's for all the white folks that swear all lives matter. Blue lives, yeah, they matter. But my black life matters. And I can't say from my heart that all lives matter when I know I'm public enemy number one and at any given time I can get pulled over in my mother's Jaguar that I don't even own and because they think I own it and because it looks like a drug car, you will kill me. And so, that's my word to these young Kings, young Malcolms, young Marcus Garvey's, young Booker T. Washington's, young Matt Turner's. If you're going to lead us, lead us right. If you're going to lead us, lead us with integrity. If you're going to, if you're going to lead us out of darkness and into the light, you got to be right in your mind. Because I ain't going to follow you. And not a dime of this church's money is going to support your cause if you're going out high and throwed off. I'm not going to follow you if you're going to burn up buildings and cuss folk out. Now, I ain't got no problem with cussing because y'all know I got a cussing spirit. I got no problem with cussing. But the Bible says there's a time and a place for everything. And at a rally and a riot ain't no time, excuse that bad English, for me to show to them that I'm not worthy of the freedom that I'm fighting for. And so the Bible says, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and look what he says he'll give us. Christ. Let, let me see, they done sung some old songs, so let me see if I can't make it plain here. The text says, wake up, old sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ, the solid rock I stand. I thought I'd hit home there. Christ on others is sinking saint. Christ, the one who died on Friday. Christ. The one who went down in hell on Saturday and preached revival in hell until death, hell, and the grave wrapped itself around his chariot wheel. Christ! Until early Sunday morning, he got up with all power entrusted in his hands. And if he got up, that means black people can get up. If he got up, that means the church can get up. If he got up, that means black lives matter ought to be able to get up. Well, Pastor, I hear you talking about this light. I hear you preaching today with this about this light. I hear you on Father's Day talking about this light. But Pastor, preacher man, what can you say to me when I looked at that rally and saw all of those folk last night? Watch 45 say what he said. I don't care what 45 said. Now, now, now I need to help you because I'm done. I'm going home. I'm done. 45 can say what he wants. You know why? And whatever he says, 
really don't mean hill of beans to me. Ought not mean nothing to you. Here's why. Y'all ready for it? This is going to be very profound, very homiletical. I mean, this is totally going to be very, very studious, very intellectual. What I'm going to say about him and this thing, it ought not mean nothing to you. Y'all ready? Because he didn't wake you up. Now, I can spin it better than that. It ought not matter. Because he ain't the one been keeping you for in 50 years. All right, call the roll. I'm done. Call the roll. All the 60-year-olds blow your horn. All of the 70-year-olds blow your horn. All of the 40-year-olds and 30-year-olds blow your horn. And if you ain't in the car, raise your voice and just say, God, I thank you that nobody has ever taken care of my life but you. How do you say it, Palmer? Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I am his own. And so we leave here today. On Father's Day, we leave here. We leave here with a hope. We leave here with a hope that even in the midst of darkness, we serve a God that can give us light. We leave here with a hope that no matter how dark it may be, God's message has never changed. He will provide. He will take care. He will be with us. He will walk with us. He will supply us. He will cover us. He will keep us. He will never, ever, ever leave us. Pastor, I'm still slow. Palmer, I still don't understand. I wasn't the brightest person in school. I just got by. Can you close your sermon and help me see where it's no longer I got to worry about darkness because God's light will make everything visible all right. I've seen the lightning flash. And I've heard the thunder roll. Felt sin breakers dashing. Trying to conquer my soul. But I heard I wish I was inside where I could walk up you today. I heard the voice of Jesus say, be still and keep on fighting for he promised never to leave me. Even though it might get dark, he promised never to leave me. Even though my bills might get behind and it might get dark at my table, counting my little bit of money, he promised never to leave me. Even though they're still killing black men and black boys and black girls, he promised never to leave me. Even though some preachers and some pastors don't see the need to fight for black unity and black power, he promised never to leave me. He promised never to leave me alone. I remember, I remember a little story. You all have heard me tell this story before, but I think it's very fitting. Late President Theodore Roosevelt was on a ship. He'd been over to Africa, been in a safari, 
And he had been hunting and killing wild animals, lions, bears, and tigers. And it come time for him to come back home. And the ship pulled into New York Harbor. And the president, when he got ready to get off with his entourage, he pulled off and while they were walking him down the gangplank, they were singing and, and playing for he's a jolly good fella. He came off and got in his limousines and he pulled off and went back to Washington, D.C. Well, on the same ship, there was this old preacher, old Methodist preacher. That's for the Methodist folk out there. And uh, he had Pharaoh's plowed in his head he had a white bearded face. He left without a cane, but came back with one. He comes off the gangplank. There was no fanfare. There was no welcoming party. Sister Lord, there was nobody there to tell him that you had done a good job. Because you see, the Methodist preacher had been over there feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and preaching Jesus him crucified. The Methodist preacher had been over there digging wells in dry places and putting bread in starving lands and all that. There was nobody there to say, welcome home. There was this old lady. Story goes, there was this old lady just happened to be standing by the dock. The old Methodist preacher got off the gangplank, nearly tripped off at the different level and got there. An old lady said to him, bro, preacher, I see you got your collar on and it's a little dirty and a little dingy. Where you been? He said to her, well, I've been over in Africa feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, digging wells, putting bread in starving lands. And I just don't feel like I used to feel. I stood on the dock of the ship because we, they wouldn't let us off until President Roosevelt got off because he had his entourage. They were afraid someone may assassinate him. And I watched them sing. I watched them praise him. I watched them lift their voice in, in, in admiration for the president. And there was nobody here to sing my praises. Nobody here to welcome me. Nobody here, nobody from my little church to help me uh, feel like I'd done well. The old lady looked at him and said, Bro, preacher, I know why I wasn't nobody here. He looked at her and said, How you know why I wasn't nobody here? Lady told him, said, Because you ain't got home yet. And that's what I want to tell somebody today. Even though the night may be dark, even though the times may be hard, even though we may be going through a very dark time right now, one day after a while, God is going to shine some light on this stuff. One day after a while, God is going to shine some light, and it might not be on this side. But if I keep on walking, if I keep on trudging, if I keep on working on my building, if I keep on doing what the Lord says do, if I keep on serving the Lord, 
with gladness. If I keep on walking upright, if I keep on praying for the sick, if I keep on marching for what I feel is right, if I keep on following by example, if I keep on leading by example, if I keep on being a good son, if I keep on being a good father, if I keep on being a good pastor, one day afterward, God will give me a light that nobody nobody can put out. God has a message for those who are sleeping. And that is wake up. Wake up and pray. Wake up. Wake up and go get a job. Wake up. Wake up and stop thinking that black people like you and white people don't. Wake up and stop thinking all whites are racist. Wake up and stop thinking that black people, all black people want you to succeed. Wake up. Wake up and see that you're not going to be anything until you start believing in yourself. Wake up. Wake up and start fighting for that promotion. Wake up and start fighting for that job. Wake up and declare unto yourself, I am more than a conqueror. Wake up and believe that he's bought you this far. He won't leave you now. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up and see the salvation of the Lord. And when you do, Jesus will shine the light on you. He'll shine it in such a way that you won't have room enough 